Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. The minute that Joe Biden assumed presidency of the United States, the clock started ticking on his first hundred days in office. Well before he was elected, Biden was promising decisive action in his first hundred days to combat the COVID-19 pandemic, rebuild the economy, and address racial injustice and inequity. But why the fascination with a president's first 100 days? After all, we elect presidents for terms of 1,460 days, so what's so important about these first three months and change? Blame FDR. For the article this episode is based on, How Stuff Works spoke with Jonathan Ladd, Associate Professor of Public Policy and Government at Georgetown University. He said, We started using the term first 100 days after Franklin D. Roosevelt's first 100 days. FDR's first 100 days were so productive that we've talked about it ever since. FDR came to office in 1933 in the depths of the Great Depression. He signed 76 pieces of legislation in his first 100 days, including 15 major overhauls and new programs. He took the U.S. off the gold standard, revamped the banking system, and created jobs through the Civilian Conservation Corps and the Tennessee Valley Authority. No president since has even come close to FDR's productivity. Kennedy passed 26 bills, Reagan just nine, Obama only 11. But that hasn't shaken the fixation on the first 100 days. It remains a benchmark of political efficiency and a convenient measure of a new president's power. A study showed that before the 1950s, the average number of laws passed during a president's first 100 days was 46, compared with 16 for later time periods. In his first 100 days, Biden has spearheaded some bold initiatives, including signing a $1.9 trillion pandemic recovery package. He's also doubled the goal his administration set for COVID vaccinations, surpassing 200 million vaccinations by his first 100 days instead of the original goal of 100 million. He's also called for all U.S. troops to be pulled from Afghanistan by September 11th of this year, 2021. Biden has also signed a historic 60 executive orders, memos, and proclamations, the most by any president in his first 100 days, a third of which were direct reversals of executive orders signed by his predecessor, Donald Trump. Most of those reversals undid Trump-era policies on immigration, the environment, and equity. For instance, Biden revoked Trump's executive order that separated migrant families at the U.S.-Mexico border. In an article for 538.com, political scientist Julia Azari noted that presidents often enjoy a honeymoon with Congress during their first hundred days, making it easier to push the new White House's legislative agenda. And the effect is strongest for presidents who confront divided government. One possible explanation for the 100-day honeymoon is that, historically, most incoming presidents enjoyed high approval ratings with voters. In those less divisive times, senators and representatives from the opposing party would cross the aisle as a nod to presidential popularity, and more importantly, to assuage voters back home. For example, even though President George W. Bush won the 2000 election by the slimmest of margins, he was popular enough that conservative-leaning Democrats helped pass his tax cut package early in his tenure. Trump had no such luck, and Biden hasn't either. The lad said, popularity matters less now because there are a lot fewer conservative Democrats and liberal Republicans than there used to be. 
Plus, Trump and Biden were significantly less popular than previous incoming presidents. Trump's approval ratings at his inauguration were in the high 30s. At the 100-day mark, it stood at 41%. Biden's approval rating was 53% on his 100-day mark, significantly lower than Barack Obama, 65%, or Ronald Reagan, 68%, at the same point in their first terms in office. Beside Trump, the only other president with a lower approval rating at 100 days than Biden was Gerald Ford at 48%. The bipartisan honeymoon of the past appears to be over. Not one Republican member of Congress voted for Biden's pandemic relief bill, for example. And as of this writing, it's unclear whether Biden has the votes to pass his ambitious $2 trillion infrastructure plan. Another reason why more legislation often gets passed by in the first 100 days often has to do with the political changing of the guard. When the White House and Congress are finally controlled by the same party, previously defeated bills get a second chance at life. President Bill Clinton signed the Family and Medical Leave Act within days of taking office in 1993. He could act so swiftly because the same bill had previously been passed by Congress and vetoed by President George H.W. Bush. The same thing happened with the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act, which President Barack Obama signed into law nine days after his inauguration. If precedent stands, then Biden's most substantial legislative moves will come well beyond the somewhat arbitrary 100-day mark. President Lyndon B. Johnson didn't sign the Voting Rights Act until seven months into his term, and Obama didn't enact the Affordable Care Act until more than a year into his first term. Today's episode is based on the article, Why Do We Care About the First 100 Days? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Dave Ruse. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.